0: Hey guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So, before we start, this might be a slightly shorter podcast, because this is the hottest it's been in a while, and where I record can get super warm super quickly, mostly because of all the low-end lights I use. (laughs) But, uh, so it might stop a little, because I might, um, almost die. But, that said... I hope everybody enjoyed listening to the last episode on Innistella555. If you haven't, you can go back and watch that and listen to that in the feed. But you can watch that whole thing on YouTube? Or you can watch that whole thing a bunch of places, but I know you can watch it all on YouTube, like in one chunk. It's not cut up into multiple chunks. And even if it's a little weird, I super suggest it still. Cause it's up on time and it's Daft Punk music. You kind of can't ask for much more than that. Um, but on that note, I don't, I don't really have a bunch to say here. So why don't we jump right into what we're talking about today, which is gonna kind of be odd, but it's gonna be mostly about Tanya the Evil. this. Uh, Tanya the Evil came out, I think, two seasons ago. And when I was first told by, um, the first place I encountered the concept of Tanya the Evil is in the ANCast, which for those of you who don't listen to it, who are listening to this, although if you are listening to it, you should listen to the ANCast, simply because they're better than I am. Um, the ANCAST is Anime News Network's weekly podcast. It's, like, shifted and morphed in a bunch of ways, but they've always talked about anime they're watching. And Tiny the Evil is... an interesting show. And not for good reasons, I want to be clear. It is, um... It distills some of what... I believe to be the shittier, like, pro- um, proclivities of certainly entertainment, definitely anime, and specifically, like, a weird Japanese skew to it. But before we talk about Tiny the Evil, I want to talk about how I got to wanting to talk about Tiny the Evil and not include actually um the guy the guy who I did my podcast with about Detective Pikachu because he's a huge fan of this show. And I really didn't wanna do this with him because I'm gonna shit on this show a lot. I'm not gonna lie. And but to get to why I'm gonna talk about watching another show that people love, and adore. And that is Code Geass. Now, I've never watched Code Geass before. I didn't see it when it was coming out. After that, it like achieved this weird cult following that I just didn't care about. And every time I heard more about it, I'm like, "Ah." I'm into the hilarious Pizza Hut bullshit, but that's about it. (laughs) And Watching Code Gear, it has a similar problem to Tiny the Evil. And that problem is the the quote unquote hero of the story is an asshole. And not in like uh, and not like a lovable asshole. He is just an asshole, and the things he is doing are for asshole reasons. He is driven by, like, the kind of desire that only a complete self-centered douchebag would be desi- would be driven by. Uh, but the show casts him as being... And maybe this is just because I'm not watching it when I'm 14, and I w- want to be clear. Like, 14-year-old Alex had some certain shitbag tendencies that 30-year-old Alex doesn't have. That's right. I've been watching anime since I was like 9. I've been doing this forever. <laughs> and I'm 30 now and that every time I think about that it like it stings a little. But um so And and I want to be clear, you can make a you can make a main character a total asshole and like get away with it and it's fine. But not the way that Code Geass and more in a a more contemporary way. um, Tanya does it, and I'm not talking about being like an incidental asshole of the show. Yeah, and I don't think Code Geass acknowledges it direct, or I don't think it's trying to acknowledge it. I think by force of will, showing the things it shows on screen. Force you, the viewer, to acknowledge it. If you think about it for half a second, like in the first episode, Lelouch tells a bunch of soldiers to straight up murder themselves, and they do. Now there are so there's a saying from that um from a show, suits, but it's a real thing, and that goes. If someone points a gun at you, there are 145 options to get out of it, and this was one of those. This was one of those things. Uh, that character, if they wanted to, if the, if the creators wanted to do it, could have said like, you know, go jump in the sewer and like swim upstream for half an hour, or some bullshit. And but instead they m- plot has Walush as a main character drive people to kill themselves. That is one of, if not the first thing he does with his power, with his magical geos power, mind control powers. And that, on top of the like weird nationalist bend to both sides of the conflict, in the show reminded me of Tanya the Evil. And the reason it reminded me of Tanya the Evil is because for those of you who haven't watched the show and I don't blame you if you don't watch Tanya the Evil, believe me. It's about uh like overconfident sal like control freak, like wants to be a master of the universe, salary man from Japan, who offends God so bad that God transports his consciousness into the body of a, I think, like, seven-year-old girl in, like, fictional World War II Germany. And he proceeds to use his masterful intellect to become a high-ranking officer in, for all intensive purposes, the Nazi regime, and like it, I think they call it Germania or something. Like they they find analog, so they don't have to say Germans or Nazis. Like, th- so this is how you know something is bad when. <laughs> The how how you know something is like untouchably awful, and that even if people don't get the like whole picture of it, they get the symbol is awful. When somebody does a show about World War Two Germany, they have to sub sub out the Nazis. Like they can't they can't do that part because the world has told them no like, we know you want there to be gray area, but this is one of the things where there is no gray area. And don't get me wrong, I'm okay with power fantasy shows. I mean, everybody my age who likes anime grew up on a steady diet of shonen action hero bullshit. We all remember Dragon Ball, we all remember Yu Yu Hakusho. Uh, you know, I'm okay with power fantasies. And those are a completely normal thing to love. I get it. But... And I run into this problem with Code Geass, too. And I, I don't see the show changing it at any point. Because I'm, like, I think 12 episodes in. But, um... It, there's a fundamental... like ignoring of the reality of what a the character of what the characters are doing. So in Code Geass they have all these fights and it's it's not like Terror and Resonance which I think I've done an episode on and you I I know I've done an episode on you can check my review of that out in the show where Terror and Resonance is making a point, it was making, like, a post nine eleven point about terrorism and about, like, the cycle of hatred that can create it and all that stuff. It's not doing it super elegantly at all times, but it's making that point. And it's making the point of, like, uh, one political bend more than another is just perpetuating this shit constantly. But, um, Tanya doesn't, it's not interested in the, it's not interested in the moral implications of what it's showing you on screen, it's interested in showing you, like, a badass little girl kicking ass and taking names. And, so, to start off with... The. It does not help at all that the little. that the, like, seven-year-old design of Tanya, the character, is. like, the most classic Aryan race design ever. She's got bright blonde hair and, like, big old blue eyes. And she is. An officer in World War Two Germany, like that, that in itself it has this connotation of hatred and like vile. That, as a disabled viewer of color with a very Jewish last name, I cannot ignore, and I. Lots of people will say to you, like, don't don't read into it, it's just a fun show. And Tanya does have moments where it's fun or it's interesting, but it's entirely undercut by the fact that the story it's telling is of Germany winning World War II. The story it's telling is of the people who would win who in reality, we putting people in camps and killing people. Would would win the war? And but this, this is the this really important thing: is it's not. It's not that. The it the show isn't interested in what happened after that. It is interested in like. The military universe of World War II in a fantasy setting, basically, as a playground for experimentation. But it's not interested in what happened after that. And the Obama said this: said the Obama administration said something to Congress that probably pissed them off when they won the first time. They said elections have consequences. And That line has become part of the vernacular of, um, at very least, American political life. Whenever anybody wins, you can damn well hear them at some point say, elections have consequences. And what that means in the context of elections is it means that whoever wins gets to, like, rule the roost. But... In the same way, wars have consequences, and that can't be ignored. Um, the there was another show I forget what it's called. I did an episode on it. It's um, it's about um, it's about like the last, like the last witch or something, and it's utterly, f- it's pretty forgettable. Now, but it has this same like. America versus the Nazi thing kind of feel as Tanya does. Now, neither show are very good, though. The witch show, um, it falls apart, it kinda hates its female characters, it has lazy writing the whole nine yards. But it got one thing right. It got the fact that you couldn't ignore the implications of what you're doing. And now, uh, another another way that another lens you can look at Tanya through is through a is through a really famous show Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist is not interested in war. It's not interested in showing you the spectacle of war. It does not. What it's interested in is it's interested in showing you the consequences of that, and that's a much more important and ultimately entertaining concept to dive into. Because for as much as any as I know otaku can fetishize military and all that stuff, I mean, I watch Gundam. <laughs> Clearly, I've done. Lots of Gundam podcasts, some with Alan, um, who is, like, a Gundam nut, and I totally get that. As much as otaku can, like, get into and fetishize warfare, and that's really what it is, is it's this, like, holding up of, like, supreme tactics and supreme knowledge and readiness and all this stuff... But at the end of the day, it's putting a bullet in somebody else. And that's... It's putting a bullet in somebody else in order to tamp them down. And that's... It's important that whenever you watch any kind of thing depicting any kind of fight, Depicting any kind of fighting in a war... In a quote-unquote war sense. It's important that you remember that. Because... If you forget that, you can let something like Tanya the Evil become as popular as it was when it was airing. Because it was, I want to say, the most popular show for its season. It faded away, but the pop, the like, air popularity clearly stayed because it just had a movie released. And, which I did not go see. (laughs) Because Tanya the Evil is not my thing, clearly. I, it's for a genre that has become rightfully, I want to say this clearly rightfully renowned for its acceptance and its displays of difference. To have a show like Tanya is more than a little disturbing and. If some of you are like, well yeah, they just, to write, they just wanted to write a badass, I would direct you to any of the other shows with awesome badass female, female characters in them. You can go watch Black Lagoon, you can go watch Ava, you can go watch tons of shows, and when I say Ava, I mean, um, Misato specifically is a great, like, strong, is a strong, realistic female character, and that that show's coming to Netflix soon, that's gonna be an insane nightmare, hell, ride. Right? It's gonna be great! But, um, the whole problem with Tanya is in its premise, it's in its desire to have a military-esque exploration of a war that was perpetrated for for horrible reasons, and the Axis powers were participating in something truly vile. But then it asks you to ignore it. So, when I was, a a while back, a friend of mine asked me, like, why, what, what is with Japan and, like, Nazi imagery? Because he, I, you don't have to look deep into anime to find some sort of, like, Nazi imagery, and yes, I know the swastika, it slipped Flipped around is a Buddhist peace symbol, um. But you you still get things in shows that you wouldn't expect, like I uh, forget what show it is. It's an old show for an old comic, um, like from the early early two thousands, where a character dresses up as a Nazi. She dresses up as a Nazi commander. And it's supposed to be this, like, weird, kinky, funny joke. And what I said to my friend at the time, and I still kind of think it's true, is, you know, Japan was on not just the losing side of a major war, it was on, like, the most losing side 'cause side, because they were the, they were the, they are still, to this day, the only country that has experienced nuclear warfare. They are the only people, the only country that has a cultural memory of what that means and what that has done to people. And uh, that is a terrifying thing. That is awful. But Japan also hasn't done, and many countries haven't done the work that Germany did to lay everything out on the table and say this was wrong. Never again. Now, currently Germany's having some issues with like authoritarianism running for office. Um, but uh, Germany has a really strict has really strict rules about education and conversation about A, the Holocaust, and B, the Nazis, and C, World War Two, Because they were the monster. They were the thing that goes bump in the night in that scenario. And you know, f- the funny joke Um, that once Finland decided that it needed some good press, so they decided, so they ran a, like, campaign that said, Santa's from Finland, come visit him. And, he's not from Finland, he's from explicitly the North Pole, which is, like, a place. Um, but... Somebody believes that, so for a period of time, I shit you not, I've met Japanese people who truly believe that Santa being from Finland was in textbooks. And, you know... History is written by the winners, uh, but that doesn't mean the losers don't get an alternate version. And in the same way that the American South was were the losers of the Civil War, Japan was on the losing side of World War II, without a doubt. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm certainly not going to hold anybody to account for anything that happened way before I was born. That's not right. But what I will say is that in more than one instance, just the cultural knowledge of what of what Nazis are and what that means in Japan is lacking. And it is it is a path it is a palette that they that they oftentimes see that they can play with. And it doesn't because of the because not only of the lack of cultural diversity in, because of lack of racial diversity in Japan, Japan is uh, like nearly entirely still like white and East Asian in its country makeup. That nobody, there are not a whole lot of Jewish people who would challenge like, hey, maybe maybe not the program, maybe we turn the show off about the little Nazi girl. Um, they're not a bunch. Of, they're not black people who would under, who would say to people like, "Look, that that's not okay. <laughs> they killed us too," uh, and it's it's unfortunate because the there is that stripe and that stripe combined with a kind of stripe of nationalism that exists in the f- far right of Japan can combine to make th- to to make an awful mixture basically and it's just i struggle with shows like this because i understand that those sto- that stories about world war 2 should be told they should totally be told. And stories like the stories like Barefoot Gen, stories like Grave of the Fireflies are important records of what was wrought on a country and a culture by the country I'm from, America and by and that the world just let it happen. It is awful. I did a um episode on god damn it it's like made me cry for 9 million years um on the hold on um I did an episode on I can't remember that movie Oh um the on the on the movie it's from the creator of um fuck uh, it's it's hot in here I'm sorry <laughs> Uh I did a episode on the movie from The Creator of Black Lagoon about like the area of Hi- Hiroshima and in the time of World War 2 and how they were bombed and how everything and how everything changed, and how it changed a specific person. And that movie is heart-wrenching. You can go and you can watch it, and you can cry all your a, a hard cry all your own. It will make you cry, I promise. On Netflix. And that is horrible. That is awful. And it is important that that, is explo- that stuff is explored. But take it from somebody who understands what it is to be truly different. Like I said, I am a childhood brain cancer survivor. I am physically disabled. I am multiracial. I grew up with and was raised by a single mother. I am a lot of other in one person. The only thing that, like, the. That, that allowing hatred to be glorified does is it allows people to feel like they can act on their hatred of, you know, black people, disabled people, gay people, anything. And. They say it's not a good it, they say it's not a good thing to think, you know, I don't want this to happen because they're coming for me first because that's a self centered way of thinking and it's not necessarily true. But the reality is that when you start hating people when a group of people starts hating other people, it's a one it's a one way street. And it the street gets narrower and narrower and narrower as time goes on. And I know it, I'm ranting a lot about social justice stuff, but Tanya, so it's my problem with Tanya, and my problem currently with, well, we'll get to Code Geass, get back to in a second, but my problem with Tanya is that it has no time, ta- is it doesn't deal with these things. It doesn't put that stuff in its in the conversation it's having. It just wants to show you a glorious career of a brave little Aryan race girl rising through the ranks of the Nazis to be its best and most valuable commander. And but more than that, it understand it there's a point where they demonstrate an understanding of what should be in that hollow part of it, and that's the part where they basically acknowledge that the Geneva Convention didn't exist, and then they proceed to, like, openly shit on them. I don't just mean, like, phys- like verbally, they're not just like, Well the Geneva Conventions are bullshit. No. There's a um basically the show says, you know, we're we're attacking a public facility that's being used for military purposes and the Geneva Convention states you have to give like a certain amount of time and ample warning for civilians to evacuate. So what they do they have Tanya once again, a seven-year-old girl warned them, like with barely enough time to leave. And of course, the the show is smart enough to know that like people will be like, "This is bullshit." What? And then they go kill everybody in the factory, like, and they play that as a victory. That's a problem. That that's not that's not. Good storytelling. It's not. It's. It's intelligent writing, but it's not good storytelling, and it's not. It's not worth the cast it puts on that kind of situation for the kind of, like, insipid rah rah bullshit it peddles. And I, I just. And I have that same feeling when I'm watching Code Geass, and I'll probably watch all of Code Geass because it's—it's at the very least—it's interesting to me that people want that people are so into this show and somehow either don't care or ignore the very clear like this is fucked up. And who knows? It could have an insane twist that I'm like, whoa, um, beyond of what I know, the twist is, but it's. It was con- it was really concerning to me, and part of the reason I watched all of it is that it was really concerning to me that Tanya the Evil was the most popular thing in its, in its season, and that the and what's also concerning to me is that nobody at a company like Crunchyroll, and I'm gonna get I'm gonna if I haven't gone social justice warrior enough for you yet, I will start now. A company like Crunchyroll is like, yeah, we'll do a promotion for Tanya the Evil. A company from Southern Cal... a company from California that is supposed to be... that's basically the face of anime in North America. It's like, yeah, we'll do a promotion with the movie... Glorifying Nazis. Now, if, say, Warner Brothers. You know, did this for a live-action movie glorifying glorifying Nazis, everybody would freak the fuck out. There would be articles. It would be it would be a shit show. But because. Mil- because the quote unquote military otaku is is a real thing and I'm not saying that all military otaku are like bad people, believe me I'm not. I because this show has a fan base and it's seen as this like edgy cool thing it's just an Instagram promotion. If somebody if somebody sees my phone with Instagram on it and sees that promotion, I have to sit there I have to explain, oh, that's a movie about... That's a movie made for a show by a little girl who leads a Nazi battalion? I have to say that to somebody somebody asks what that is. And just as, like, a general, like, no, anime like it, it's real fucking hard to make a case the anime isn't fucked up after that conversation, and you know say what you will about the fan service anime, say what you will about hentai, say what you will about lots of parts of anime that are not that are not the greatest when you dip into a kind of nationalistic hatred fueled thing like Germany in World War two and Nazis you've crossed a you've crossed a very specific bridge and it, for those of you who are thinking like well, that's not the point of the show. the point of the show is just to be like a a a display of military power and like a display of how smart she is. Bullshit. She's not that smart. The, the the conceit of the show is sound. The conceit of the show it basically says it takes the main character who I don't I don't think they gave him a name in the first episode. But they take the main character, and God basically says to him, you, or whatever, being X is what the character referred to him. Being X says to him, you're too full of yourself, I think I'll teach you a lesson. Removes his consciousness, and supposedly his body, from the world he's in, sticks him in Aryan Girl, an Aryan lowly, not the nightmare. And let him loose. That is that is the those instances, the instances where B X interferes is supposed to be the message. It is not supposed to be another challenge that Tanya has to overcome. It is You are not right there is a not there is a right and wrong there is a good and evil you are wrong and evil so your life should be harder so for for example people the, the many southern states are outlawing abortion what that will mean effectively eventually is an emptying out of anybody who has the money to leave because they will have more actual freedom outside of those states and those states will those states and those representatives will suffer because of it but that's because and say it with me there is a right and wrong in some cases and you are wrong And there's consequences for that. And this show doesn't... It doesn't have consequences for its actions. It doesn't have... There's no consequences for the fact that... Tanya and her squad of mercs... Show up and kill an entire factory of civilians. It's so... Now, I... At this point, you might be wondering, how how do you write a story like that and make it make sense, where there's no consequences for the bad shit? Well, you don't, because every action has to have a reaction. If you wave your hand in the air, you move air out of the way. If you, you know, if somebody kills somebody, they go to jail. And a great way to write, like, bad characters doing bad things for bad purposes is in a show like Black Lagoon. um, Gangsta before it became a shit show, but Black Lagoon. In Black Lagoon, they live in a fucking hellhole. And yes, people do fucked up shit. But then there is a domino effect that you can see working like cogs every time. And every time there is an exceptional case, the it's almost like an immune system, and the entire immune system says, fuck that person, they need to go, when the vampire twins, spoiler alert for Black Lagoon, if you haven't seen it. If you have, I think I did an episode on Black Lagoon. But um th- there is there is a two part episode where the where like these vampi these incestuous vampire twins come show up and they start fucking killing everybody. And they do it indiscriminately and randomly and eventually everybody figures out like these fucker like this some fuckers that are doing this. Because we all agreed not to shoot each other on Sundays and I have a bullet in my leg right now. So, what the fuck and they find those kids and they kill those kids and it, it's this sad fucked up end of an episode, but my point is, is that there it's not there's no re- there's repercussions for those kids' actions, and it's a cruel fucking- it's a cruel fucking world in um Ah, Black Lagoon. But it's... It has a balance to it. Tanya doesn't have a balance. There's no... There's no... There's no real meaningful repercussions... For... Her committing war crimes. Or, you know, any of it. And... It's important that those exist. Because... That's what takes something from a power fantasy like, say, Sword On Online, which uh, has repercussions but only, like, the bare minimum to keep you grounded, to something like Black Lagoon, to something even like the passable part of Gangster, where there are repercussions, there are... There is an ebb and a flow to things. There is an... In, the show has an internal logic. I... And... I actually want to come back to... Full Metal alch- Alchemist here. Because... And especially in Brotherhood. The fact that they... Only ever deal with the consequences of war. Means... That... You're introduced to people's actions... B- by seeing the repercussions of those actions... first. And by reali and by seeing like... yeah... Roy Mustang is a badass... but the way he got to be a badass... was he fucked up a bunch of immigrants in... in a war... a long time ago... or oh, he fucked up a bunch of native people... it's the reality... he fucked up a bunch of native people... in a war... that you... that... Happened years before you ever start- the show ever started adds to him as a character. If you saw a movie of Full Metal Alchemist and it was about that war, and you just saw like Roy Mustang just snapping people to a blade every which way, and he was like unstoppable. But they never dealt with, they never dealt with, but you had never seen the rest of Full Metal Alchemist, your relationship with that character would be completely different. Especially if he showed zero remorse afterwards. Uh, uh, And that's not to say that people, like, that kind of rah rah asshole doesn't exist in Full Metal Alchemist. That kind of rah rah asshole is, um, the iron blooded alchemist. I forget his name, but he's like got a crazy fucking mustache. And he ultimately gets his he gets fucked up. Because the show wants to say this kind of treatment of A the people around you and B in specifically downtrodden people is not okay. And and more than that the show wants to make a point that that shit will bite you in the ass. I mean, there's a concept of Nazi hunters for a reason. The Nuremberg trial happened for a real reason. What the fuck do you think will happen to Tanya if the war ends and they don't fucking win? They won't care that she's a little girl, They won't care that if she even tells them, like, no, I'm a consciousness from another universe, don't kill me. They will fucking either lock her up or kill her so hard your head would spin. Because that hatred breeds hatred in the people you heap it onto. Even if you're just a foot soldier, there's a point at which you can say, no, fucking kill me, I'm not game for this. And to give a show a path just because you want it to be an entertaining, like romp through fantasy military battles, is not okay. It's all well and good to obsess over like military tactics and like guns and maneuvers and all that shit, but it is also ultra important to know what the consequences of that shit are and to the very least say, stop and say at some point, this isn't okay. Like, I I will watch this, but, like, this shit isn't okay, and I, I think that a better version of Tanya the Evil pitches that, and I realize the show is named Tanya the Evil. But when you're in the middle of the show, it doesn't feel like she's evil. It feels like she's winning. And that, that I don't, I don't think that's good. But on that incredibly serious note, I didn't know this would skew so dark. Um, I have been Alex. And you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio. If you like this show, please like and subscribe in your podcast app of choice. I'm available basically everywhere, and um, look at, so you can get notified of future episodes, and all that fun stuff. Um, if you like, want to hear anything about the ep- the shows I talked about that do have episodes, they are in the feed probably below. This episode, and you can go find them and listen to whatever strikes your fancy. i talked about a bunch of shit. Um, but I'm uh, so. Next time, I will talk to the.
1: i